It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, joined on this fine Thursday evening by Raj Shapalu. The Lakers just absolutely mollywhopped. I think that's my favorite term for ass kickings in uh, in sports is mollywopped. But the Lakers just obliterated the Pelicans. They beat the Pelicans so bad. I think Peta might get involved. The final score here was one thirty three to eighty nine. Uh, and LeBron James absolutely dominant 30 points, nine of 12 from the field. AD was a plus 35 in this game, which is just obscene. Uh, Raj, are, are you touching the ground currently? How, how, how are you doing? Yeah, I gotta calm down. First thing though, Anthony, I want to ask you, have you flipped your like decision on if these courts are good or not? Like, I have. I feel like these courts are amazing. Like I, I've loved almost every single one of them. I've disagreed every podcast I listen to. You absolutely hate on the courts. I even wore blue today because I was matching the court. I just wanted. <laughs> I thought like that would really help, and it has. It's, it's not like bright enough. Bl- that yeah, that, that sweatshirt doesn't glow in the dark. It's not bright enough to match the courts. <laughs> if they're gonna win like this, they can play on the moon. I don't care. I would love the court there. Like if they're gonna, gonna win say, like, like this. <laughs> Is that the only reason you like the courts? Because they're six and zero on these well, hideous a, abominations? No, they're not hideous though. Like, so I don't know what. <laughs> honestly, I don't know what a shuffleboard is. I've heard you compare them to that, but like, I love the courts. The only one that I think has a little bit of a problem is the super bright red ones. But even then, like, you get used to it. You understand like which teams are going where and. Like once the basketball starts getting played, you kind of get into it. I like the courts a lot. I think the Lakers one is real. Like I'd like the Lakers one once every month. Like I would, I wouldn't be mad if that was like just a special court that they that they play on. I love the courts, and obviously the Lakers winning by a margin of like I think their win differential now, Anthony, is like 110. It was 77 coming into night. They won by what like 40 tonight. So yeah, like up into the 110 numbers, like. I've loved the courts, so I disagree with you on that. Have you? You have not flipped your stance, though. You still hate no. these courts. They're hideous. They're disgusting courts. They're just gross. No. I'm gonna add. I'm gonna add a picture here to our uh, library so that uh, you can you can see what I'm talking about. What a shuffleboard table is. Okay. Is that um, like a game? It, like a. It's a, it is. It's like, like it's always okay. the bars and stuff. Um, okay. Not not normally the bars. I think that you go to because. Sure. Um, I think you're more part of the club scene and I am I am like squarely in like sports bar era. Right. But this is this is what a shuffleboard looks like. You see it there? You see the, I have n- the I have line going seen- down the middle of it? 
I've never seen that in my life. That's a real thing they put in bars. <laughs> yeah. They're usually stuffed way back in the corner and there's like two okay. old people playing uh, because like conversation is difficult at certain ages. But yeah, like that is that is normally like tucked away back in the back, like of, of sports bars. It's not normally okay. at like bars, bars like you don't normally see that where mm -hmm. there's like a, a live band or a DJ active there. Mm -hmm. You don't normally see shuffleboards there, but it's a, it's a thing I, like everybody hit me up in the comments. I swear like these like this is this is a court that they played on. You see that. Right. And then this is yes. the shuffleboard thing that 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 I'm talking about. <laughs> it's just it, I can't unsee I it. No, I don't. I don't see it. Maybe if I saw a real shuffleboard, like maybe that would that would help me. Um, that one's no. a little. The design on this one's a little weird. I wanted one like you know that you looked right down, or like you you also have like there's there's like live action shuffleboard that you actually like stand on the on the the piece of cement and you slide the discs down like using okay. like a stick. Um, that one looks a little more close to, to what I'm talking about here too, but I, this is way too much shuffle. The Lakers just won by 44 points. I don't want to talk about shuffleboard the entire time here. I got to get to the trade stuff. Um, oh I'm man. Kidding. No, <laughs> no. Jumping off. <laughs> See you Saturday. <laughs> All right. You have a lot to choose from here. You have a lot because the Lakers played really well. What yep. was the most impressive part of this game to you? I think you got to start with the defense, Anthony. And I, you know, I think this team is already an elite defense. Like I think they have shown that. Um, I think like since putting Cam into the starting lineup, they've had uh, the best defense in the league, or at least top three or four. The wing additions, obviously, with Vanderbilt coming back, you can't play two non-shooters against this team. Like I think that's clear. Anthony Davis and LeBron James were able to just stand in the paint, and the Pelicans are like a really good team. They've been winning um, as of recently. They've got their guys back. Um, Trey Murphy just got back. They beat the Kings, right, to qualify for this game. Zion is a guy that gets to the paint at will, no matter who he's playing against. And the Lakers were able to shut off the rim. And I think the other thing that really stands out is just how much versatility they have in terms of guys they can throw at your opposing offensive yeah. players. I thought CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram were just never comfortable tonight and that's something like we were just unable to do how many games Anthony would CJ go off on us being able to kind of get free off pick and rolls get free on screens be able to pull up over our guards we used to have like D'Lo have to guard him or Austin Reeves would have to stick on him you have Cam Reddish chasing him around with like all this length yeah. and and like when you switch off of him it's Jared Vanderbilt right who's flying around Vando only plays I think five minutes in the first half obviously still on a minutes restriction but you just watch Brandon Ingram, like he comes up the floor and he's getting uh, picked up full court by Cam Reddish. And then Torian Prince was giving some size on him along with the help with AD. And then he gets him off him and who comes in the game? Vanderbilt. And Brandon Ingram's like, oh man, like I got to get at him as well. You combine that with the Lakers just removing the paint um, and the Pelicans getting nothing easy. They ended up having to chuck threes by Jonas Valanciunas. Straight out of halftime, I think Valanciunas took like the first three shots. Yeah, Willie Green obviously was like, "You have to make them space the floor." And obviously, the Lakers did not respect that one bit. Uh, Valanciunas continued to get open threes. I think he hit one or two. Um, he might have, but I think the defense to me, this is an elite, like championship style level defensive ceiling. I think that this team has, and I think we're just getting the taste of it. Like I, we're just barely getting Vanderbilt minutes. We're having minutes with like Max Christie's like our third wing and he comes in and shuts down who he's guarding. Um, I think that I think that combination with AD and LeBron being able to just be these 
free safeties on defense. It just looks elite. The Pelicans had like 80 points for most of this game. And I was with their starters playing. That was with Zion and BI, both healthy. Um, their full team back besides Larry Nance. That's what stood out to me, Anthony. The defense to me, I think, is absolutely elite in a place that we can really build our team and identity around. Let's just look really quick. So I guess I'll start with the disclaimer. Kevin Durant the other night went 12 of 17, but he was just so like he was not touching earth in that game. You know, like he was incredible in that one shooting the ball. And even he kind of fizzled late. Right. Mm. Um, Devin Booker in that one goes six of 16 from the field in 37 minutes. Um, Only attempted one three pointer in that one. That mm-hmm. is somebody who shoots three-pointers on volume, night in, yeah. night out. And when you only get up one three, that kind of indicates to me that you are not very comfortable in that game. You mentioned right. Brandon Ingram. You mentioned C.J. McCollum. Brandon Ingram in this one, 31 minutes, 4 of 13 from the field, 0 of 3 from three-point range, only two free throws on the night. So the Lakers, not mm-hmm. only are they pressing up on him, they aren't even allowing him to get to the to the, to the the rim and put it, make himself eligible for, uh, you know, free throws via drive, right? CJ McCollum, 25 minutes. Now he's recovering from, from an injury. So I guess we should mention that as, as context, but in 25 minutes, four of 14 from the field, one of four from three point range, nine points for him tonight was a game worst minus 38, a game worst (laughs) minus 38 in this one. And I think that has a lot to do with what you're talking about here. We talked about it on All Access Lakers, which, you know, check us out there. Make an account. uh, Playback.tv slash All Access Lakers is where you can watch games with us. But we were talking about this, and there is like, there just isn't very much overlap in the number of wings that the Lakers have, which allows them to play together, which allows them to just come, like you're you're talking about, they just come at guys in in waves. It's just... Like six eight guy after six eight guy after six eight guy, and they're all like decent to elite athletes. I'm watching Cam Reddish move, and you know, obviously he hasn't lived up to his uh draft uh sure. position, right? Uh he has had a I would say disappointing career to this point, but he's still like part of the reason he was drafted there is because of the kind of athlete he is. And he just moves out there. I've called him cat reddish all season, and I'm praying mm-hmm. that it sticks because he is just <laughs> he is just so effing quick on his feet. Like just absolute elite feet that he has out there. And he plays defense a certain way. And then Jared Vanderbilt comes out there and he beats you over the top of the head with with just athleticism and physicality. And if you want to go further into the physicality thing, you can you can play uh Rui Hachimura, who is built like a goddamn boulder. And yeah. and then you know if you want if you want some more quickness out there you can play Max Christie who like you're talking about is becoming a legitimately good defensive presence in his second season it, yeah and and like all of these guys um they allow LeBron and AD to play as like strong and free safeties on defense LeBron is a safety or like a middle linebacker who can just kind of dictate where guys stand defensively knowing where need guys need to stand to gum up an offense that yeah. allows him to engage without being so taxing defensively. And then, Oh, by the way, anchoring it all is this freaking pterodactyl who just like you talk about <laughs> swallows up the paint. 
Like, yeah. again, Brandon Ingram shot two free throws tonight. Eventually, he just gave up on driving. We saw it last year in the playoffs with AD, where he was forcing John Morant, maybe the best athlete in the NBA right now, pound for pound, um, arguably the most explosive player I have ever seen. He was forcing John Morant into like 15-foot foot, uh, floaters last year. Yeah. Um, and and like that was while he wasn't surrounded by this much af- athleticism defensively. This team, man, like I tweeted it out. I said it on all access Lakers. I think they are capable of playing like the type of defense that carries you through to the to to the finals and and allows you to make successful trips to the finals. You yeah. don't see this type of defense very often. No, and, you know, James Harden came out recently and said, look, I'm a system, right? And that was kind of lapped around in terms of his offensive success. I think Anthony Davis is a defensive system, like, of himself. I think you can build, like, a really mm-hmm. – you don't need much to have an elite defense around Anthony Davis. And you put Anthony, Yes. <laughs> if you put, you put elite wing defenders around AD – and they just keep coming in, right? I was watching this game tonight, and, like, Rui Hachimura checks in. I was like, oh, my God. Like, that's probably <laughs> one of your worst, you know, just in terms of wing defenders that you would deploy. Like, he's still yeah. a big physical dude, and you can throw him on Zion. Like, there were bench units. I remember I was laughing because we were talking about it. AD went out, and I was a little concerned. And, obviously, Jackson Hayes is not Anthony Davis, but he's still, like, one of these top 1% just athletes that you just throw out there, and you just stack it. You just stack strengths on strengths. So, like, AD goes out. You're like, all right, let's attack the rim. You get to the rim, it's Vanderbilt, Jackson Hayes. It's LeBron still at the rim. And there's just a lot of wing talent coming at you. My favorite part about this, Anthony, is that Torian, he got a couple minutes at it tonight. But for the most part, Torian doesn't have to play the three. Like, he's a two on this team. I think that makes a big difference when you're able to throw, like, your wings on other guys and you're able to deploy him more. Threw him on Ingram. A lot of that was, I thought, he did a nice job staying with him. Torian chased him around screens, um, stayed at his hip. But AD came over and helped because he's just sitting in the paint. But I think, like, just moving Torian to the two and then just having wings flying around. Again, Vando's not even playing yet. Cam Reddish, I think, is our best. Like, you talked about it, how none of them, none of their skills overlap. And uh, like Cam Reddish, I think is our best just screen navigator. You, you know, yeah. uh, would you would you call him a cat? I see like yeah. a cat, snake, like able to like get around, you know, screens and get skinny around picks. All this length, all these deflections, so Vandos back kinda... pressure. Like nobody oh. ever looks comfortable when he t- when they turn the mm-hmm. corner on a pick. Normally, like that's where that's, <laughs> it's basically how D'Angelo Russell functions, right? Yep. He gets around a pick. And then he puts guys in jail and he essentially like walks them into the paint while they are on their back, uh, mm-hmm. while they are on his back. And, and like with, with cam, you can tell nobody is ever comfortable because yeah, he has such long arms. He gets off of the ground so quickly and he is still so like closely attached after that screen that like, even if they get a quote unquote advantage by going around that, getting a step around that screen, it doesn't last for very long. And oh, by the way, waiting on the other side of that screen is that guy Anthony <laughs> Davis. Like those, those. So like, think about this, Raj. Like we we basically are living in in the era of the pick and roll, right? Yep. Um, so much of so much of these offenses are predicated on like having two great offensive weapons that hopefully hopefully fit together well enough in mm-hmm. in this kind of a set, and it gives you like a man advantage as soon as that guard turns the corner or the 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 the, the forward turns the corner there. Think about it like this. What the Lakers can effectively do with the number of wings that they have is basically all of these offenses 
the like 106 mile an hour fastball that they would throw would be the big little combination in the pick and roll thing is the little is guarded by cam reddish and he applies all of that back pressure and the big waiting on the other side of that thing is anthony davis so if you are taking away if you are effectively hitting consistently hitting that 106 mile an hour fastball out of the park every time you know or you're fouling it off long enough so that like you get the hung curveball that you can then smack out of the park like if you're able to do that with the best part of these offenses this is why they look so hapless because normally in order to find a shot in order to like find themselves an opportunity to get themselves back on track that's what they would go to but then they go to it and they're like this is a really terrible combination to try to right. score on. This sucks, coach. Can we just try isolation? And then you have all of the guys that the, the, the Lakers have who are effective isolation defenders. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was a lot of baseball in there, but I think I, think I got it. <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of curveballs and actually... balls me. A lot of balls we get out of. I was like just actually imagining. out above you. It was like, I think. Uh... <laughs> I think I think I was I think I was following along though. Um, but no, you you know you said this is the era of pick and roll. It's also the era of mismatch hunting, right? Um, and yeah. like one of my favorite things the last two games was like Devin Booker. Uh, he was like he had a I think he had Cam on him and he's asking for a screen. Or no, he had Vando on him. He asked for a screen. It turns into Anthony Davis, and then he's like, oh shoot, let me get another screen. And right back again, it's Vando again. And like he's like, oh shoot, and he kicks it out to the corner. Um, and it's a shot clock violation. And again tonight, right, Brandon Ingram. Again, yep. Brandon's a great isolation scorer, but he's their top of the key creator, right? They really don't start a point guard. Jose Alvarado plays point, but he's also kind of a like he's a modern point guard, where he just uh, well, he's a point guard that just doesn't shoot like a like he does he's shoot, like a but wing like a point three, guard, right? Yeah, exactly, like a three. He's and like D the guard. kind of point guard that yeah, like he's the kind of point guard that you have out there because your wing does all of your creating. It, it, exactly. So Brandon Ingram's one of those kind of uh, prime one A uh, on ball creators. And there are so many times where, like, he's asking for a screen. It's, like, Cam, and it's Vando. Then it's Anthony Davis. And he's taking, like, a contested two over AD. And it's, like, that was your shot. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. that's why the offense, like, just diluted to Jonas Valanciunas open three. Jonas Valanciunas open, like, at the free throw line. Um, Zion Williamson. They guarded Zion. Like, LeBron was absolutely just stuck in the paint. And to me, that gives the Lakers too much of an advantage. They're too good defensively to give them advantage on defense. Um, And they took over. And that's why I think you saw a 40-point just blowout. They were up 12-3, to Anthony, if you remember. And I thought that game, New Orleans came out, I thought, with a lot of energy. But they just could not get to the basket. When you remove the paint from a team that, like, lives inside – you're going to start dominating. I think the Lakers have the the ability to do that with all their switchable guys. The smallest guy on the floor is going to be like 6'4", whether that's D'Lo, Austin Reeves, or Gabe Vincent. Um, so, like, the smallest guy on the floor will we'll be one of those guys. <laughs> we'll be one of those guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Gabe is on the team. Um, no, like, I, I, think, I think another way of putting it is basically the Lakers are able to, on any given night, take away – so – Again, I'm, I'm going to use a, a different sport analogy here, a different sport comparison here. But like, right. what makes Bill Belichick the genius that he is on in, in football is that yeah. he essentially takes away game in, game out the thing that makes the other team special, the thing that they absolutely need to function properly on offense. Right. So, like, uh, they 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 played against the um the Miami Dolphins earlier this year. The, the New England uh, Patriots did and he essentially just like 
you know, had coverage over the top to, to make sure that uh, Tyreek Hill didn't get open down the field. It, he also was doubling him in the slot to make sure that Tyreek wasn't making any comfortable catches, you know, and, and this is a guy, by the way, Tyreek Hill is about to set the, 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 the record for most reception yards in the season. And he made him look pedestrian, right? It took a lot of effort and it took all of that, you know, all of that attention to make that work. And that's the thing that the Lakers are able to do here is that like night in night out, the other team is going to have the thing that allows their offense to operate at the highest possible level. This next game that the Lakers are going to play on Saturday um, is going to be against the Indiana Pacers. And, and essentially what they are going to try to do is absolutely minimize an aspect of Tyrese Halliburton's game. Right. And, yeah. and what, what, what I, what's crazy is that I'm like fairly confident that they'll be able to do something like that. The Pacers are probably going to have a record breaking offense this year might be the most prolific, prolific offense ever. And I actually have a, a, a decent amount of confidence going into this thing because like what the Lakers are able to do to uh, on the perimeter where they just suck up all the oxygen out there and they also minimize what you're able to do when you, if you get into the paint because AD's that pterodactyl still like again the 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 Pelicans came into this one playing well the Suns yep. came into the game against the Lakers the other night playing well especially offensively yep. and both nights for stretches the Lakers made both teams look absolutely hapless hopeless you know and and it was just it, it like tonight was was just a marvel where, 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 you know, you're talking about the, the, the threes that Valanciunas is shooting. It's because they're taking away options, A, B, C, D, and E. And they're like, yeah, fuck it. Jonas, <laughs> what, what do you got? <laughs> I'm like 99% sure. Willie green told like Jonas at halftime, take every single shot. Like, I don't know yeah. where we're going to get an open look and you have to shoot. Um, and he came out hitting, you know, taking three. I don't think he made any of the corners threes, but Again, like I, I think that just gives the Lakers too much of an advantage. But to your point, Anthony, like I think this team, they're super versatile and they can play different defensive coverages, right? Against Phoenix, they were trapping a lot of those screens. They were able to send two. We made Devin Booker have like a half court violation. Do you remember that trap? I think it was like AD and Vando at half court, and, and like Booker hit like the heel. Katie had a good shooting night. A lot of those shots to me, you kind of have to live with contested twos. Like if he's taking contestant threes off of offensive rebounds, um, and against Indiana as well, I think that's a team where you're gonna have to mix up your coverages. But this is like what uh, I said this I think before, but this is like great offense versus a great defense, and yeah, um, one person has to kind of control the pace and uh, control the style of the game. And I think this is one where the Lakers are going to be able to walk the ball up the floor, um, attack mismatches, right? I'm sure LeBron's going to hunt Halliburton on one end um, and just slow the game down, make it an ugly kind of fist fight. And if you're able to kind of, I've never like killed a snake, but they say like cut the head off of the snake or whatever. Like, <laughs> I, think that's a, I think that's a real saying. Um, but yeah. like with Halliburton, if you're able to put pressure on the ball to me for him and kind of mix up your coverages, I love like Vando and Cam to be able to throw at him different styles, different defensive. And kind Max. Of, uh, and, yeah, yeah, Max as well. Max is crazy. I think he's our most like just fundamental defender if that makes sense like he's like extremely technical <laughs> your player yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but he's like super technical if you watch him defend everything is just correct like if a coach was watching him you'd be like that's exactly how i want you to defend bando's more of a chaos creator and cam kind of uses his athleticism to kind of like cam will cheat a screen but he can do yeah. that because he's so long max is just pure 
I'm doing yeah. exactly what I was taught. Like I'm, I'm, I'm everything like is technical. And it, yeah. Yes. Everything is super sound. I just love having those three styles defensively. Torian, I think is like a smart defender. I don't agree with him as like our most, like putting him on our best defensive matchups, but I think he's a solid, just team defender. And those starters tonight, Anthony, by the way, were a plus 51.6 net rating. They threw up an 80.6 defensive rating on a Pelicans team that was seventh in offense in the last 10 games. So they like once they started getting healthy, getting Zion, Brandon, get Brandon back, they've been a top 10, uh, top seven offense. And we shut that all down with our starters. Um, so, yeah, just a solid game. And we're going to have to have a solid game plan against Indiana. But ooh, we've had our wings for two games. It's 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 look good. Lock the door. No one else is coming into this team, Anthony. Lock the door. Throw the keys away. Let's we're building from inside the house, baby. We're building from inside the house. I don't think that's how construction works. I don't think like, I don't think you build that's true. Yeah. That's not how homes so are I, built, is what you're saying. I built myself a 15 square foot house. I'm very proud of it. Mm-hmm. From the inside out. <laughs> very fair. Very fair. Um, all right. The, the next thing that I think we have to hit on here in terms of like what is just, uh, again, a marvel. LeBron, like what? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Are you shitting me? Like, <laughs> Somebody had the comment in, in, in the chat tonight while we were on the air that like LeBron is moving better at 38 than Zion is moving at 23. And it's like not yeah. even close. It's just not even close. And... You know, I think one thing that um, the type of defense that the Lakers are playing is allowing him to do is get out and transition where LeBron is the best transition player ever. The best. It's not it's not mm-hmm. debatable here. Um, he is a freight train when he gets out there. And I think that has opened up the game for him. He had a shot going tonight, right, where he had those those few heat checks in a row um, that that went down. And I think, like, you know, Darvin Ham actually just now um, in his post game, right, on, on LeBron, said he's the ultimate tone setter. He set an unbelie- unbelievable tone on both sides of the basketball for us tonight, and his teammates just followed suit. 
and you saw it in this one, right? He takes Zion right from the get. And I think that kind of signal to everybody we're we're winning this thing and we're going to win it impressively because what guarding zion at his age effectively is mm-hmm. nothing short of impressive at the very least if not like miraculous medically yeah. speaking yeah and lebron is still like a, like his mind is always i think ahead of his body even if his body can't catch up but you made the point a lot on playback that uh he's been healthy this season right and i do think the he's difference in yeah, he was he's absurd. Nine for twelve from the field in twenty-two minutes. I think he played tonight. Uh yeah. Uh, twenty-three minutes, yeah. Um, but to me, the jump shot, like him going from a thirty-two percent shooter to a thirty-nine percent three-point shooter, that seven percent like might not feel a lot, but it's a ton. Like that just yeah, really it increases his margin of efficient not just efficient efficiency, but just the style of basketball that he can play. And I think it seeps in Anthony to the rest of his game where he's also taking like He's taking mid-range jumpers too. He's coming off screens, pulling up. He's taking fadeaways. Um, he's getting to the rim more. He's getting to the foul line. Like uh, he's hitting his, I think he's hitting his free throws. Um, but the jumper to me changes everything. And he looks like in transition, there was a play where like Brandon Ingram was in his way and just absolutely wanted to get the hell out of the way. <laughs> they even like zoomed in on slow-mo mm-hmm. on Brandon. And you could actually see he's just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like you 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 lessen lebron's defensive load in terms of like he doesn't have to guard the other team's wing right like last year early before you know we made our trades like patrick beverly was our wing defender and so what would happen <laughs> that's a real thing that's that's like it was a thing it no, was for a sure thing. was a thing <laughs> malik beasley is learning that you know milwaukee is learning that a little bit right now with malik beasley but um what would happen a lot is LeBron would have to guard Brandon Ingram. Like, who else were you going to put on him? It was either AD or yeah. LeBron. You're not going to put Lonnie Walker or Patrick Beverly on purpose. Um, so, like, I think you just lessen his load where he has to move his feet as much defensively. Like, Zion's a guy he can just guard in the paint and just take the body blows. It was so strange watching Zion, like, want AD rather than LeBron. He's like, no, 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 I can't I can't go through LeBron. Bring me <laughs> bring me Anthony Davis. Um, and none of those were, were very successful. Um, but yeah, LeBron is just, I just, I keep tweeting, like he has no business being this good and I'll just keep saying it until he's not, but like, I just, it's, it's amazing. It's, there's no words for it anymore. There's nothing that's ever matched that there's nothing to compare it to. Um, and he's just, he's just been incredible. So he's been a monster. One more game, Anthony, one more. We're going to win the, we're going to win the, well, no, there's there's a whole season after it. There's a whole actual playoff that matters, but, (laughs) um, so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's not the nba finals almost forgot where you, you wear your you wear the blue sweater and it's like oh, it's all yeah, that it matters um all right but the the moment that i thought that we were gonna get a special night tonight uh from mm. lebron he took a three and oh, yeah. um so if you watch him shoot lebron really prefers to have his left foot down and then step into a shot with his right foot right and he mm-hmm. kind of likes that momentum. So I'm left, I'm left-handed, but I'll do it with my right hand, I guess, here. So he likes that, he likes that momentum to carry through his shot and release it this way, where his shoulders are almost kind of like squaring up to the basket as he is shooting. It gives him a little extra momentum. Um, mm-hmm. not that he needs it. He's built like a Greek god, but I think just in terms of rhythm, that's how he prefers to shoot. But he came around uh the screen or something like that tonight. And he actually fired one that looked really clean where he stepped right left. 
And mm -hmm. on nights that he shoots a shot right, left, and it goes in, I'm telling you, this is purely anecdotal, but I'm telling you it's a one zillion percent fact. When he hits that shot, he is shooting the shit out of the ball that night. <laughs> because right after that, and I and, and I can maybe find the clip, because this is when he went on his little like single-handed 11 yeah. to 3 run or whatever it was. Um, he hits that first one, and I said, oh, that's a right-left step. He's mm -hmm. feeling it right now. The next shot he takes is a standstill, uh, you know, break for the uh, three-pointer that he knocks in somebody's face. He mm -hmm. makes that one. The next play after that is, is the logo three that he hits. Yeah. Uh, and and then, um, and then you know, the, the Lakers kind of fumbled around a little bit. They didn't get him the ball back, even though it was hilarious. Rui got like a rebound or something like that, was pushing the ball in transition. And LeBron, you could like actually watch him tracking. It almost looked like LeBron was ready to like spike one of Rui's layups, you know? <laughs> you know how like yeah. when 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 he uh when he gets one of those chase down blocks right, you can actually like watch him size up those steps. And it almost looked like he was doing that to Rui as Rui was Rui was going down the court and he was you could like see him going like I trail, trail, I'm behind you, I'm behind you, trail, trail. The ball goes to Austin. Austin shoots the three instead. And and, yeah. and all of us on there was like, get the ball to LeBron, you know? <laughs> um, and then like a couple of plays later, LeBron gets that layup or whatever. And that's how you got to the 11-3 total uh, run there that he went on by himself. But like what you're talking about is such a great point about his shooting and what it does for the rest of his game. Because last year, essentially what teams were doing, if they really wanted to muck up the offense while LeBron had the ball in his hands was they would just go under screens, right? Yeah. They would just go under those screens. And if he didn't feel confident shooting the, uh, the, the three that night, he wouldn't take them and it would gum up the offense and the Lakers just wouldn't be very effective that night. Some nights he would take them still and just not make them right. He shot 32% from three point range last year, this year though, with the way that he's shooting the ball, that is not, a three that is not a viable defense it's the only defense that they can really play because it's lebron james and somehow yeah. at age 38 he turns 39 i believe this month um like it at it, it, age 38 you have to go under a screen on this guy because <laughs> athletically he's going to turn the corner on you if you don't but that is not like a viable defense that teams can play here with the way that he is shooting and the confidence that he has in that shot so yeah i like i you know, I, I see Matt is making the point that like it's kind of crazy and maybe says something about the Lakers that LeBron is still yeah. this far and away their best player or whatever. And it's like fine or whatever. It, it is insane that he is that at uh, 38 years old. But it isn't like he's this much farther ahead of everybody. And it's because the Lakers are bad. He's just right. He's LeBron effing James, man. Like, like at the end of his career, we're going to look back on him. It's like, that's the best basketball player I've ever seen. And especially he's, for as long as he's been that good. He's not, I mean, like it's, it's, it's part of what we have to say, but he's not good for 38. He's just good. You know what I mean? Like he's like legit, really good. He's a, he still looks like one of the best. He can be the best player on a title team. He's at what, like 25, eight and seven, I believe this year. But to your point, Anthony, yeah. with the jump shooting, like obviously, when a team's locked in or when it's the playoffs, I, I still think like there's just no amount of threes LeBron can hit where a team's gonna like take him shooting shooting threes, like defend him taking threes over taking away the rim, right? But like in the regular season, there is a little bit of that just hesitancy. 
in that little bit gives him space. And, like, you combine that. He was getting to the rim last year, obviously, but not like this. Like, there was a no. play. He had to come out of came out of a timeout. We ran a pick and roll, and he saw JV. And Jalen, uh, Jonas Valanciunas is back. Like, he's already, like, retreating, right? Because he's like, yeah. I need to stand back. And LeBron goes right through him, takes the body blow, and does the underhand layup. I'm like, holy crap. That was not there yeah. last year. That was just not. And you combine that also, like, AD not shooting well. I think, like, the point is at least one of them have to be able to shoot well. I think also the part of the problem last year was both of them couldn't shoot. Like, you combine both of them unable to shoot with starting no shooters like it's a really bad combination um but this year at least with lebron being able to shoot it just increases our margin and then we played two teams that can't switch to lebron ad pick and roll if you can't switch that action you're kind of dead in the water like if you yeah. cannot if you and most teams do they just like they kind of live with an ad post up or a lebron like it used to be a lebron step back three a lot of the times um but like this year at least Pelicans don't switch it. You can't put JV on LeBron. He just gets killed in that um, in the thin yeah. air. Uh, and Phoenix doesn't want to switch either, Nurkic. right? Because they have Nurkic and LeBron. Yeah. Just like those teams have no chance against us, in my opinion. Like especially even if it was a close game, late clock. Like you just you're not stopping LeBron from getting the rim. Anthony Davis gets offensive rebound opportunities. Like to me, that's where getting. Uh, and this is where I think we need to get AD going a little bit offensively. Uh, that's my biggest last question with this team: is can AD being this kind of inept offensively in terms of his game like is that enough to win it all but lebron looks absolutely amazing he looks clearly ready and how do we get him how do we get this lebron to april like that should be the like whiteboard plan making by everyone by darvin and whoever else is making the, the making the game plans well, like like that, the defense mm -hmm. they're playing is going to right, right. the defense mm -hmm. that they're playing you know uh with him uh, you know like he was guarding Zion tonight, and like Zion, I think you said um, while we were talking on on All Access Lakers tonight, um, you said that he's taken like three or four shots outside of the paint all season yeah, to this point. Doesn't right? shoot them. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like LeBron was guarding Zion, and basically while Zion had the ball at the top of the key or or at the top of the three mm -hmm. point line, LeBron was just basically like in the paint. And while he was mm -hmm. in the paint, he was like you know again uh, you know conducting the defense. You go there, you stay here, you do all yep. these things. The play against Devin Booker that that has been highlighted uh, since they played, right? The steal that he made um, that eventually he got fouled on on the other end. You know, he 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 starts in that, uh, you know, uh, in that pick and roll. He slides off of the pick and roll. His guy, you know, vacates to the backside. He says, you got there. Cam, you go stand over here. This is the pass that I know that they're going to make if you stand here and he slides in and he takes that pass. And, and you know, you watch what he's able to do basically by standing in the middle of the defense and, mm -hmm. and, and again, standing. So, like, the thing that has allowed LeBron to be as effective this long, um, somebody wrote this, this piece on him a couple of years back or maybe it was last year, but the amount of walking – that he uh, does on, on a court mm -hmm. is, is like, you know, what really helps save his legs, right? Those steps that he's taking, he's, he's, he's able to walk around. Um, and in prior years, if he was doing that defensively, it was really hurting the Lakers because mm -hmm. they didn't have the personnel to allow him to do that. But with this type of personnel, with this number of wings, he can literally stand there stationary. And until the very last minute, know which pass the defense or the offense has to make to take advantage of whatever the, the Lakers give up defensively. He knows where to be there 
And it really closes off what that team is able to do. But throughout that entire possession, he's moving as much as I have moved while I've made this point. And so like it is, it, it, it's, it's a special kind of defense that the Lakers are able to play. And, and when we talk about like, and look like freak injuries are going to happen and knock on wood that they don't, but in terms of like, what is going to get LeBron there and still be fresh, this is what it's going to look like. And especially if like D'Lo and Austin are even okay right. over three quarters of the game so that all LeBron needs to take over is the fourth. That, that was going to be my next point. Uh, so the Lakers have started to let D'Lo run the first quarter, right? So it's basically D'Lo's first unit. He's he's on ball. He's creating all the shots. Him and AD are in pick and rolls. Um, he's the one running the actions, deciding where the ball goes. LeBron will, will attack here and there, you know, in the first quarter. And then the second quarter is kind of Austin's unit. I've loved, like, the units that they put with him recently, Anthony. So it's like Austin, AD, next to, like, Max, Rui, like just these super flying around wings where Austin has really no defensive pressure and Austin's getting all these steals, all these deflections. Yeah. And then it's like pick and roll straight with AD at the top or on the wings. And Austin's still not great in terms of like being a playmaker out of that, but he just has a lot more options. Now Rui's able to give some versatility to that lineup, but LeBron's able to not have to run the offense for 38 minutes a night. And I think that helps even if those offensive units are um, not as, you know, productive as he is when he's point guard, when the, in, he, when he's running point and obviously like LeBron might be one of the best point guards ever. So that that's a tough bar to reach. But I think Austin and D'Lo can kind of get, get there. What, in terms I think of just... the only thing LeBron isn't is one of the greatest shooting guards ever. Right. Yeah. That's because we've seen him be great as a point small guard. Forward. Obviously, power small forward, forward is like power forward. He's been incredible. And then at center last year for, for stretches, he was like doing center shit at like an right. elite level. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, he, I mean, you could just put LeBron in great and just you could add anything after that. and He'd be fine. <laughs> like best rim protector, like, well, you know, best like he might be even a better passer than he is. And he just led and he just broke the record for scoring. So there's all that. But I do like at least the versatility that's going on. And if Torian can shoot and like. I know uh, we've both been extremely critical. I think he's shooting like 42% from three in his last 11 games now. That just increases our margin for error by so much. Like when that ball swings around three times and Torian hits the three, like the amount of momentum that – Yeah. He hit his threes tonight, Anthony. We won by 50. Like, like you know, like, like – <laughs> like, that's to me the margin <laughs> of is, what happened. It is funny, like to this point of the season, we basically been saying, like, man, what would it look like if they made their threes? And it was like a fifty piece. That's what it would look like. <laughs> like the Lakers would beat the shit out of some team to the tune of forty four points if you just shot okay. <laughs> they, they, and it's not like we're asking them to take Damian Lillard threes. Like these are corner threes. Like Cam Reddish hit one. And like we all cheered on playback, and it's like a wide open quarter three, you know, which is like the easiest, yeah. most standard open shot in the NBA. Torian hit a few like corner threes as well. So he had like a wing transition three. D'Lo hit two wide open ones. Like when our open threes goes down, go down, the floodgates open. Because I think this defense is yeah. legit. It's consistent. It's something you can take with you on the road, at home, um, in Vegas, wherever you play. The defense can travel. It's the offense to me that like we'll see if the offense continues to stay with them in Vegas in in a few days. But like if our threes are going down, I think our defense is just so good that you're gonna win like a lot of these games and you have a chance to blow teams out when you do that because um, you're able to stay consistent on that side. And that's our identity. Like really good defense, hit open shots, and LeBron and ADB incredible. That's the formula of success. It worked 
what is it 2023 three years ago um so that's the that's the success formula again th- this year well i think part of it too is that defense is such a market inefficiency right every team has basically been built to to exist and thrive mm-hmm. in this offensively driven era and mm-hmm. when you are able to defend the way that the lakers were able to defend and you're able to take those teams out of their comfort zone where they have scored in the way that they like Phoenix, when they weren't able to score, when they weren't able to get like offense or, you know, decent looks in their offense, they just look so flustered. Right. Mm-hmm. You saw it to, again tonight where, and, and even um, in that Phoenix game, I had made the point a couple times where like, you know, Phoenix made their run to get back into it. Then the Lakers threw another haymaker defensively. And then I, you know, you're watching Phoenix and you're like, man, they just look, they just look exhausted. They just look yeah. downtrodden, you know, and, and you watch this game here and, you know, I thought the Pelicans were playing fine. I didn't think that they were mm-hmm. playing that poorly in hell. It was a close first quarter. And then the Lakers like really, you know, really like, you know, tighten those bolts and, yeah. and really just clenched down on, on their throats. And it was just, they looked exhausted. They looked downtrodden. They looked, you know, um, I, you guys know this. I'm a big, you know, uh, nature freak. And, and, uh, like my, you my more like, stuff I don't know about at me. You, guys know, you, nature? Know nature? you don't know about nature. <laughs> I mean, I know nature. You but, live in yeah. nature. You <laughs> We are parts of nature. But anyway, so like there was this clip that I saw, um, that was like shown across my, my feed on, on like Facebook reels i think is what they are and it was this komodo dragon who was eating like a deer while the deer was watching him eat it and it, and like you just looked at the deer i'm telling it, it was super metal but like wow. um like the deer is just like looking at him and he's like man that was my shoulder fuck and i feel like tonight i'm watching i'm watching the pelicans tonight and 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 like in that second quarter and when the Lakers really started extending their lead, they're just looking at it like, shit, what happened? You yeah. know, like, <laughs> like I'm sure at some point that deer like thought to itself, man, what happened? How did yeah. I arrive here? And, and the, and, and the poor Pelicans tonight are just like looking at it. It's like, what, what, where'd he come from? I finally got by somebody and there's Anthony freaking Davis. This sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then that that like, you know, 10 point lead turns into a 17 point lead, which turns into a 26 point lead. And then by the end of the game, it's a 44 point point ass kicking. And, yeah. it, and I, I really think like that's the part of if you're if you're capable of doing it and not everybody is capable of doing it because only one team is going to employ an Anthony Davis or Rudy Gobert or a Draymond Green back when he was in his prime. But if if you're able to develop an identity and a sustainable identity on the defensive side of things, I really think that's a legitimate market inefficiency as every other team has built towards offense. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
So I think it's funny where like when LeBron James was kind of like coming into his prime, the thought was always LeBron plus shooters equals championship, right? And that's kind of been switched. I think as the game has kind of evolved where everyone is adding shooting and where versatility is more important in the playoffs, in my opinion, Anthony, the first players to go, like in terms of to be removed is guys yeah. who can only shoot. Those are guys the that get tool. wiped out. Right. They're, they're wiped out right away, right? Like Malik Beasley wiped out right away. In like, I don't even know if he got an opportunity. I think he was wiped out earlier. But in any case, like those guys are just gone. And I think it's kind of flipped to where like LeBron James, NAD, plus a like elite defense is like to me more of a formula um, for, for success. And I think that's what we're seeing. A team that can really shut your water off and they can demoralize you in a way where like you can get you don't even get a shot up. Like how many shot clock violations have we caused? you know, in the last few, in the last few games, like a lot of teams can't even get a shot up out of a timeout. Phoenix comes out and runs their offense, Katie and Devin Booker on the floor, and they can't get a shot up. Like that's stuff to me that really shows and proves to me that this can, this is where the team should lean on. This is what their identity is. I think you're getting Cam, Max, Vando, Torian, like just all these Rui, like all these wings that can fly around. And I think that, I think that's where they can be dominant. Um, and I think LeBron will, will be able to carry the offense uh, when needed. Still need a little bit more shooting around him. I, like, I would like you know guys to hit their open shots a little bit better. I think Austin's starting to get in a groove. But, man, we've had our wings for two days, and it's looked it's looked, it's looked incredible. It's looked, it's looked really fun so far. Uh, yeah, I um, am going to get to a question here to wrap up the show here. Um, are the Pacers legit is the question. And... Mm. Their offense certainly is. I think they their their defense is really going to struggle against the Lakers' physicality. Um, mm-hmm. But their offense, like if you know if Tyree, if if Halliburton is able to get things going both as a passer and a scorer, they are unbeatable. There is nothing that you can do against them um, as as a unit because he is so effective um, as a shooter, especially that it stretches your defense to breaking points, right? That's what Steph used to do basically is, yeah. you know, you think of every defense as, as like a plank of wood and you keep, you keep, you know, pulling down on it. You keep pulling down on it. You keep, you keep pulling down on it. Eventually it's going to break. Um, And that's essentially like what, what like Halliburton is able to do, right? He bends your defense. He bends your defense. He bends your defense. And then eventually it's going to snap. For me, though, I think the Lakers are versatile enough uh, on defense to bend but not break. Right, the the bamboo sure. cliche. They're gonna they're gonna keep bending. They're gonna keep bending. They're gonna keep bending, but eventually they're gonna snap back. You know, and and that mm. to me is is gonna be really interesting to watch in this matchup where, um, you know, the lake. It, it's like this. It's this inverse matchup where the Lakers are elite defensively and, and the Pacers are elite offensively. But I think the yep. Lakers offense is better than the Pacers defense. And that's why I would mm-hmm. take the Lakers in this matchup. I would too. I think they're, yeah, I think like you said, they're a legit offensive team. Like I, I think that's where they hang their hat. They're a like plus 3.8, you know, net rating offensively. Um, they're they're not winning games by much. And to me, that's just an unserious like style of basketball. Like, I just don't think that's consistent. And I don't think that's something that's like able to stay. Like, I don't think that's something that they can do all season and like make the playoffs doing that. Like, I just mm-hmm. don't follow that. I think they're going to get better, you know, as the season goes. Halliburton though is a legit 
like superstar. Like that's what they're legit about. Like that's to me what their team is built around. That's what they're hanging their hat on. That's the whole reason they're winning. I think a lot of it too, Anthony, like just the aesthetic of his jump shot, like teams play off of it still. Like he's shooting so well, but I feel like just the way he loads it up, teams still just don't respect it. And I think that's the wrong way to go about it. Like I like you have to play him like he's a shooter off pick and rolls. Like tonight, um, mm-hmm. who did they who did they beat? I'm blanking. Um but like they ran Milwaukee, yes. Milwaukee ran a lot of drop coverage on him, and Milwaukee does that anyway, because they just don't have a lot of switchable like bigs. Like Brooke Lopez is kind of their center, but like they they played a lot of like drop coverage back on him and Tyrese Halliburton cooked him. I just think like he's more of a guy that you want to pressure, you want to make him uncomfortable. You let Tyrese come off pick and rolls free, he's gonna cook your offense. Like he's like he's coming yeah. around, he's playmaking, he's getting lobs. This he's like running in transition, hitting guys in corners for open threes. Like to me, for him, you want to like treat him as like an on-ball scorer. Not he's not Luca or nothing, but you want to treat him as one of these like on-ball offensive threats. And I think the Lakers will. They have a lot of versatility to do that. A lot of guys they can throw at him, but. Yeah, it's a fun matchup. Offense versus defense, really like a clash of styles. Um, and like I said earlier, usually I lean defense in those type of matchups. Defense usually wins in those in those um, matchups together. So should be a fun one on uh, on Saturday. It's effectively going to be a home game for the Lakers. Um, anybody who has been to to Vegas for summer league will tell you that the Lakers run that town. Um, so it's going to make it really interesting whenever the when whenever the league sends a team to Vegas, what the buy-in there is going to be um, from that city. They have gotten behind the, the the Vegas Golden Knights because they have won, and they have certainly gotten behind the Las Vegas Aegis, uh, the Las Vegas Aces because they have oh, won. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really curious what that would look like. But you have generations upon generations upon generations of Lakers fans there. Wow, that city hasn't really had a, a sport to really hang its hat on. So, yeah, for for what this game is going, a championship that the Lakers are participating in in Las Vegas is going to be loud. Like that, yeah. You and and Shub were talking about how you guys are going to go to the game, and I'm telling you, what you guys are going to be walking in on is going to be a game at at, at Staples Center. It is going to be that kind of loud and packed and, and, and rowdy for Lakers for, for I, Lakers I, fans. I, I say this a lot, but the loudest arena I've ever been in Anthony was Lonzo's second game in summer league. They yeah. were playing the Celtic summer league. So this Celtic summer league had Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum on it. Um, I, I forgot who else. And the Lakers had Lonzo Kuzma Kuzma, who I had really no clue really like who he was. I think he dropped like 35 that night. Loudest arena that I've been in still so far. <laughs> the Lakers yeah. sold that out. Summer League doesn't even sell the top row tickets. Like they usually. didn't used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that year it was filled to the brim on the top. I got there nine hours early. I got there when they opened and, yeah. and then like got a seat because uh, it's first come first serve in terms of seating. And um, yeah, so I, I sat there and, and waited the whole day for the game and it was totally worth it. But yeah, Lakers would uh, should like fill that T-Mobile arena out and it should be loud. And uh, yeah, it should be an exciting environment, home game, home game for the team. And and the nice thing, like you just talked about, I, because of the type of defense that the Lakers play, mm-hmm. like I have full, like they're, they're, when you, when you're a defensive minded team, your floor mm-hmm. is so high, right? Like right. we saw what the Lakers floor looked like when they were trying to be more of like a skill finesse offensive team. And 
that floor was in purgatory. <laughs> like, that, like that floor was the bad place. Um, and and this floor, though, when you play this type of defense that the Lakers are playing, I know that at the very least, if they show up, they're going to be competitive. And and right. um, you know, they will range anywhere from competitive to absolutely overwhelming as they were tonight or last night by the time you guys are listening to this. And and frankly, like that's honestly what I wanted to end on is it's just kind of like basking in how much fun that was, you know, basking in like how, how fun it is to like have a Lakers team that has an identity, a Lakers team whose identity is built on something that is good enough to win a championship. Right. So essentially like in the NBA, you have to be elite at something to have a chance at winning a championship. Right. Some teams are just insane in the clutch. Some teams are just out outrageous on offense and some teams are just overwhelming on defense. Um, and, and in this case, the Lakers are, are that last thing. And, you know, having a team that is this good at that thing again, after like, you know, kind of wandering through the desert for a couple of years when they squandered that identity after winning a championship, arriving back here to me is, is really cool. Right. I'm an yeah. English major. I'm a writer by nature. I look for good stories. And in, in this case, this is a, a such a cool story that this team was like, all right, this is the thing that we need to take the next step. We're absolutely wrong in what that thing was that they needed and who it was that would bring that thing to them. And then they kind of wandered around for a little bit and arrived back here to maybe even have like a, I'm not saying better, but like a bulked up version of that identity, right? Yeah. Where like that team, you know, Caruso is a, is, is a point guard. KCP is a shooting guard. And, and as such, they are smaller people in yeah. this case. though, you have like wings who are playing this type <laughs> of defense. And it's just like, it's like a hulked out 1920 team. Yeah. Hundred percent. I think these, and also like just comparing those. Obviously, that team was awesome. I think that team just has a higher floor in terms of stability. But I feel like this team creates more chaos. They're a little bit more wild. They're able to get out in transition a little bit more. They like create more turnovers than the other team. And I think sneakily, and like as great as it would be to win the in season tournament, like we got all we got all the wins that matter towards the regular season. So this one, I feel like would be great to win it. But Lakers are now like sneakily they've got to the second most wins in the West. They're 14 and nine, five games above 500, a mark they never got to last season. And this is, again, like they're, I think, second in defense in the last 11 games, around 20th in offense. I believe you're going to have to have at least a top 10 in either. I feel like just contenders, that's like the mark of a contender yeah. here in the top 10 in both. And I do think the offense has a lot of like margin to improve. And like we joke about Gabe Vincent, but like he is an offensive lenient kind of player that's coming back. Rui, I think, just got his footing tonight. He basically got a second half practice in because New Orleans threw the yeah. um, white flag. Yeah, threw the white flag like pretty pretty early on um, in yeah. this one. So he was able to kind of cook and get in rhythm. And I think like the offense still has so much to go. Anthony Davis is still, I think, getting his like kinks worked out in terms of as a like where he's getting his shots from and his comfortability on the jump shot. So. I, I feel like the offense can still step up. But, yeah, the defense looks elite, and I think it's consistent 
for number one in defense last 11 games. That's that's legit. That's a ton of time also like without Vando, without Rui, playing a lot of playing Max, starting Max a lot of those games, who's now your third wing. Um, just a lot of margin and, and fun. Uh, should be a fun season going going forward as we're finally healthy and uh, no trades. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, let's talk about Zach Levine. <laughs> He's not even playing yeah. for like four weeks. We can wait. <laughs> yeah. I look if you guys want a full Zach Levine rant, I went on a long one. I went on a bit of a tirade today with Aaron about Zach Levine. From what I've been told, the Lakers aren't interested. They have wanted to be patient. They have wanted to see this roster, and for good reason, right? They have this roster together, and for the last two games, um, in like settings with stakes, right? They beat the 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 Phoenix Suns. Um, it was closer. I thought like the the score. I think the score is closer than that game actually was in that, in that Phoenix game. And then in this one, the score is pretty damn reflective of what the, <laughs> what the game looked like, uh, yeah. where the Lakers wind up winning by, by 44. Um, and this is why, right? This is why all along the Lakers, at least locally have made it clear that no, trades are anywhere near on the horizon because they wanted to see this group together before they made any kind of uh, alteration. And when you see right. this type of performance, you see this type of effort, you see this identity. And by the way, when you have this identity, it allows for like a D'Angelo Russell, right? It, it, it mm. who has some defensive deficiencies. It allows for Austin Reeves. It allows for Gabe Vincent, who's a little smaller um, as a point guard. Like, what the Lakers were able to do with all of their wings and with the anchors of LeBron and AD being your free safeties on defense, it allows you to do some other things that help bolster the offense and like moving Tory and Prince to the two and, and stuff like that comes to mind as well. So yeah, as I said on in the lounge today with Aaron, um, the, the, the Levine stuff is all noise. I think created by Chicago, hoping to drum up a market. The Lakers yeah. aren't interested and this game, like not that, like not that they would walk away from this one and be like, that's it. We're good championship. <laughs> we're never doing, we're never doing anything. No, but like this game and the, and the possibility of it is why the Lakers haven't been interested in Levine or frankly, anybody who would require a big roster shift to get to this point. So that's, right. that is, is that okay? Is that, is that, are you okay with that? Yeah, type of I, no, that no, that that's fine. I I would like to build, you know, and a question I would love to tease on. Like, I mean, we don't have to answer this now. It's just, it's not a leading question. I promise. I'm just like I'm so fascinated with this. I've I've asked this around and I've got different answers. But how big is the gap, Anthony? Do you think? And again, you don't have to answer this here. We could do this another time. But how big is the gap between Vando and Caruso to you? Caruso made first team all defense last year, so I'll make that context. I don't think either are like considered offensive threats caruso has some big game-winning threes but he barely like really rarely shoots teams really don't respect him as a shooter so there is mostly defensive stuff and i think caruso is a better screener in terms of a short roll guy but it's a fascinating question i've been thinking about i like i don't know the answer i think caruso is better i just don't know the gap where are you where are you on that is there a huge gap between those two as players jared vanderbilt has made one shot this season so far he's played in two games um okay so like i like jared mm -hmm. i think 
it's going to be really interesting to see what he is going to look like with a LeBron who was shooting like this, right? Like mm-hmm. last year, I, I thought that he got played off of the court in part because both LeBron and AD couldn't shoot last year. Right. Um, and I think that is worth noting. I would, I would say that there's like a tangible gap between the two players. That's um, fair. It could shrink. It could shrink because Vanderbilt is bigger and in this sport mm-hmm. size really matters. But I, I do think there is a gap and I think it's a tangible one for now, but by the way, yeah. like, all right, I was really careful with my words for a reason a second ago where I said the Lakers are not interested in a, in a trade that requires like roster overhaul, right? So if you're going to trade for Zach Levine, that requires $40 mm-hmm. million dollars of contracts going out. That is roster overhaul. Mm-hmm. You can get Caruso for Vincent in a couple firsts. That's not roster overhaul. And by the way, I'm not positive Gabe Vincent is going to play this season, right? So like when you talk when you talk about like um like the type of moves that the Lakers would be interested in turning a player who hasn't really done anything to this point and nobody is particularly confident that they're going to see this season into a first team all defensive presence in Caruso like that's the kind of thing that the Lakers would do and and like if they keep this up if they keep performances like this up and it indicates to them that they are capable of winning a championship that yeah. is the type of team that they're willing to trade a couple first rounders to bolster, right? Absolutely. The, the the argument to this point in in building these rosters out for the last few years is they weren't positive that a roster could be built around these guys that could go on that kind of a run, but they saw right. one they saw them go on that kind of a run last year with again like a a pretty good roster, but a still somewhat flawed one. But if you're able to basically add a Caruso type defender to this group, like think about what that team could do defensively. Good God, man. Like that is that you're, you're, you're entering the conversation of some of the best defenses ever. If you add Mm. that type of defender to this team. Yeah. Um, Right. And that is the kind of thing that like, doesn't require a big chunk of your rotation to come out because by the way, with Austin and D playing the way that they are, and with the wings playing the way that they are, I'm not really sure where Vincent fits in anyway, right? And and so like, I, I, if you're able to find that, turn that player into somebody like Caruso, even if it costs a bunch of draft capital, it's going to cost at least one unprotected first rounder, and then one heavily protected uh, first rounder, it, or like you know the 75 second rounders that we've seen teams start to to move around. Mm-hmm. Uh, the board, but yeah, like, I don't know. I, the, the reason I brought up Levine here at the end of the show is, is again, to illustrate why the Lakers haven't, they, they haven't been so frustrated with the trade talks um, mm-hmm. that they would like send out a leak to say that no, the, the, the Levine stuff. Cause also like they want a good relationship with clutch and like you, you have, uh, that dynamic on and if they basically say that like we are not a part of that market that hurts clutch's ability to uh negotiate a better situation for one of their bigger clients moving forward so i think for a variety of reasons the lakers aren't going to come out publicly and say like that is not something that we're we are interested in now but from the private conversations that i've had and for some of the other you know the, the you know and some of the pushback that i've gotten is like 
why would we make a deal now before we see what this team looks like? You know, yeah. and, and it and it, and it isn't like Trevor Ariza that they're like a a forty three year old Trevor Ariza that they were waiting for. They were waiting for Jared Vanderbilt, who clearly mm-hmm. is an impact player. They were waiting for you know uh, like a, a a a a barrage of wings that they could throw at these teams to actually like see what that looks like before they make a decision like that. And and am I saying that like that trade definitely definitely isn't happening? No, because you never know what happens in the NBA. Maybe Levine's price is just so low that the Lakers are somehow able to get there. I, I don't yeah. see it, but whatever. But like, I, 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 you know, in terms of like what their inclination to this point has been, and this is me saying this, I am about as critical about the Lakers as anybody. I think it's been the right inclination. It's been the right instincts and sticking with it. Right. Is, 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 is exemplified or why they should have stuck with it is exemplified by them beating the shit out of a Pelicans team who's playing good basketball heading into this game. Right. I, I, I love that I asked you, Vando and Crusoe, you somehow still brought up Zach Levine in that. That's like the big rumor that like no, it, it just sure. like won't die. The rumor no. won't die. And, I, and I'm no, like, and I'm sure. sitting here like fighting against it as often as I can. Like this isn't somebody. No, that you, they, like, I mean, this, you, he you doesn't can't. fit their identity. No, you can't fight against it. That's a fire that Shams and uh, Woj keep throwing, you know, gasoline on, just like keep having it burn. But I didn't realize, I mean, Oscar is still shooting 47% from three this season, which I don't think is real. But like, no. and he's and he's taking like three and a half a game. So it's 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 been more legit than I thought. But I still think like in a playoff setting, teams probably dare him to shoot. Yeah. I think he's better than Vando as well. It's just interesting to me. They're both guys who play Anthony, right? Like 20, 25 minutes. They're not like 35 minute uh, a game guys like their coaches don't play them that at least right as much yeah. as we beg for it so they're both like energy like very high motor defense smart team defensive guys i just think it's interesting the conversation around both of them but you know i see alexis in the chats asking like vincent or caruso like that's not even a like that's not even a uh question for me yeah. like that's well if you can stop vincent for caruso i, I know the question she's yesterday. asking right is that like at least in theory vincent is mm-hmm. better offensively but the thing sure. is there um vincent before these last playoffs was very like his his like statistical profile was actually very similar to to caruso's right maybe a touch more volume or whatever but like i think he's like a, a career 33 percent three-point shooter he has never lit the world on fire in the way that he did in last year's playoffs. That was like one of the concerns that I had when they signed yeah. him, right? Was like, if he isn't that, I'm not really sure how he fits. Um, and I'm not but saying that he's what he's been to this point, right? Where he's like, no, he, he can't be three points a year, but, but I, 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 you know, I, I think it might be somewhat realistic to hope for like, you know, 40% three point shooting from him. What? But we always talk, Anthony, like how the playoffs make your name, right? Like, and and the Lakers just had two rounds, and Gabe Vincent had three rounds of like or four rounds, whatever it is, like of legit, like really good basketball play. And it wasn't just the shooting to me that I was excited about. He's a legit like ball screen guard, and obviously that's all wrapped around his shooting. Yeah. But like, he's a legit like he gets the floaters. He gets like he was getting fouled. He was cooking out Al, Hor- Al Horford's kind of. I don't know how much, you know, steak you put into cooking Al Horford, but like he was like getting Al Horford on switches and driving right by him. He was cooking Robert Williams on switches, right? Putting uh, Tatum and Brown, like cooking Tatum and Brown, like when, when they were switched on to him. Like he has a lot of off the bounce stuff that I don't think we've seen yet because he's one for 14 from three, 7% 
or something on the season. So like when you shoot that bad, it's just tough to have any else part of your game going. I just, I think that's the ceiling for Vincent to where you add his offense to an elite defense and Gabe's also, I think a above average point of attack defender. I just like, you haven't seen it yet, but Caruso is just one of the best defenders in the league period. And that was like, you don't make first team all defense, made first team all defense on a bulls team that didn't make the playoffs. I mean, just, like you know how good you gotta be defensively to make to be first team all defense on a team that doesn't make the playoffs. Um, so like he's just I think they're in different tiers as players, just in my opinion. But I think we've kind of uh crapped on Gabe a lot just because of his start on the season. He's better than this. The Lakers didn't give a guy three years, thirty million, who's a seven percent three point shooter. Like that's just, I, that, that, that just did not happen this summer, Anthony. That, that did not. That's not what happened this summer. At least I hope. I don't, I don't think so either. All right. This has been a blast. What a fun night. The Lakers again, beat the new Orleans Pelicans one thirty three to 89 and absolutely put the final nail in the coffin. They won the trade with Anthony Davis as if that was <laughs> ever somehow still a conversation uh, that is now over. Uh, this has been a blast Raj. Thank you a ton for, for, for uh, hopping on here again. If you want more of this stuff, uh, it, you know, and, and, and me and Raj having a good time in, in the moments here, uh, you can do so on all access Lakers. Again, that's playback.tv slash all access Lakers, make an account, watch us and, and, and join in, in the comments and stuff like that. We have a blast over there. They also have an iOS, uh, app that you can download as well. Uh, if, if that is an easier way for you to second screen the, the, the action as well. Um, that I believe that they just made some improvements to today that they announced. So uh, check that out uh, as well. So uh, Raj, again, thank you a ton. Everybody who have tuned in, this is a big show tonight. So thank you everybody for tuning in the way that you guys did. Again, hit that subscribe button. We have another happy hour show coming tomorrow uh, afternoon. Um, and uh, until then, and until the next time I talk to you guys, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's and I'll talk to you manana. Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> what are you